This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Balog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we watched spines number 35 and 36 in the Criterion Collection, Henri-Georges Clouseau's Le Diabolique from 1955 and The Wages of Fear from 1953. But first, RJ, what's up, mm. Cowboy. Cowboy. Cowboy, nothing much, man. Just keeping it real in the cow life. Yeah, you know those fluffy cows. I, I, it seemed like uh, people. We got a lot of positive feedback on the uh, the cow talk, so mm-hmm. I think we might need to switch to the uh, Criterion cows. Yeah, or cow creeps. <laughs> the cow creeps. Yeah, that works. Mm, mm. Well, maybe the fans will understand. Yeah, things things aren't going to go all uh, zoo, right? Yeah. Well. What do you mean by zoo? Um, are you familiar with the documentary Zoo? Nope. Oh, you should, sounds depressing you, though. So I don't. I'm not gonna watch you, it. You should look it up. No, I don't want to. I'll just go pet fuzzy cows. <laughs> You're not familiar with the internet sensation Mr. Hands? No. Okay. I've never heard of such a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it's, I'm, it's, well, I'm it's not a, gonna. It's a classic. It's a classic. I'm not. <laughs> That's for the listeners. Uh, hey, RJ. Uh, um, so your, your week's been good otherwise? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I was going to give uh, people an update out there. Uh, it's been about a month now, uh, and Andrea still doesn't know that I broke the toilet seat. <laughs> nice. So uh, that, that's a win for uh, wide, uh, wide squatters like me worldwide to all those guys who break many toilet seats and have to bear the shame of it all. Uh, I'm winning here. I'm and, doing it. Yeah, and it also means that she definitely is not listening. Oh, no, she doesn't listen to the podcast. What are you, nuts? <laughs> listen to this crap? <laughs> she can hardly stand me in real life. She doesn't want me in her, like, virtual world as well. Yeah. Come on. What are you, nuts? <laughs> Fuck this yeah. shit. So I thought I'd give an update. We're about uh, one month and counting. So Okay, great. I know, peop- I know people were interested. We got a pretty good uh, boost in the, the listeners after I talked about that. So. Post, post toilet? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do, 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 we have toilet a, do we have an ETA on the uh, repair of this uh, broken toilet? I'm not going to fix it until it gets noticed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it might not uh, be ever. Mm-hmm. So you take that as it is, I guess. So. And then I'll get one of those fancy toilet seats that has like, you know, all those like taxi cab drivers in New York that have like the beaded, uh, the beaded <laughs> drape on the seat. Oh. It's going to, it's going to be a toilet seat like that. So you're always sitting in style and what, comfort. What about a toilet seat carpet? No, no, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Beads, man. Beads. Beads. Where it's at. Not, not six minutes, seven, seven minute abs. Come on. <laughs> Are you nuts? Anyways, that's my life. What have you been up to? Ah, uh, man, life is always just a blur to me. I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. What are we? Uh, it's almost the end of January. Yeah, uh, it is. There was a, a goddamn inauguration the other week, and uh, it seems like it's just nonstop shit just coming out of my like social media feeds. Like you can't avoid yeah. it. It's super depressing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't watched, like, even that many movies. I think you, like, actually watched, like, almost double what I watched. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that means like perhaps I've come out of a like five year depression or uh, or I'm or inter- I'm going into one or, or you're going into one and I'm going into a, a deeper one where I don't even have time to make for movies. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see what the future is has in store. <laughs> we'll we'll see in ten years who's still alive and yeah. then that'll be the answer. Well, I'll start yeah I'll start uh, giving away my movies and it's like I don't give a shit mm-hmm. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna start wearing sweatpants to work. <laughs> you'll just give up on everything and uh, that's that definitely is the sign i think that you that you've given up yeah i think so oh fuck yeah sweatpants and then if like you see a guy who's in like clearly a pajama top but it's like <laughs> patterned in such a way that it looks like a shirt mm-hmm. that's that's where you've really given up yeah so anyways anyways well that's interesting. Sad for you, I guess, but or whatever. Good, I don't or, care. Or good. I don't know. Uh, that you're uh, you're finally going out there and living life. Maybe uh, I went to maybe. A, went to a pinball tournament. Um, Can you describe this? I've never heard of such a thing ever. Of of, of a pinball machine. Okay. <laughs> that one. We're plays. getting closer. Uh, 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 well, folks, uh, I don't know the histories of the pinball. This isn't a pinball podcast. However, uh, a friend of mine he uh has a lot of disposable income and is Mm -hmm. childless currently with his uh his girlfriend and he just spends his money on acquiring pinball machines currently and he's bought seven uh over the last few Mm -hmm. years uh his basement is just a pinball arcade um he's got some pretty sweet cabinets he's got himself uh some some real classics of the Williams uh, line in particular, like Twilight Zone, uh, Star Trek Ooh, Next Generation. Neat. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty rad actually seeing like all these machines lined up. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, if you got like a Tales from the Crypt machine, uh, it would be like just uh, incredible because yeah. that thing I remember playing a lot down at the old Rainbow Recreation when it was still a thing mm-hmm. like 15 plus years ago. Um, yeah, 50 so 50 plus years ago. 50 plus years ago, Grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways. so uh went to his place. Didn't actually play in this tournament. Uh I oh, was you nerd. I, I just was there to like check it out. Uh played some balls uh while I was in there before the, the tournament part got underway. Um mm-hmm. it's gets very loud and hot and kind of intense down there when like there's sixteen people all playing. Um just the way I like it. Yeah. Uh they ordered some pizza, so I gotta watch people eat pizza. Their their grease wheels, I believe they were called. Um did you not eat pizza? No. Uh I had Vietnamese earlier, so uh uh-huh. I did not uh, imbibe in the uh the grease slices. What a dork. I know. Um mm. and then yeah, I mean then time just passed me by. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's uh, you know January. It's cold. Uh, it's gotten a little bit warmer, but I don't know. I can't wait till the end of this month, man. Are you gonna make it? You sound like you're checking out. I've <laughs> uh, got just only a week. I think I I think I'll see it through. I think I'll get hey, there. You sound like you're checking out, man. That's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Was uh the Who's Pinball Wizard playing on a loop the whole time? Uh, no, no music. Just mm-hmm. the sound the, of the machines. The sound of the machines? And people just yelling, fuck! And just, like, there... slamming their hands into, like, the glass. And I'm like, oh. oh you shouldn't do that. But you know they shouldn't be doing that, but, boy, these guys, they get intense. Was there, like, one guy who was, like, breathing really heavy, like... <sighs> <laughs> that was just me <laughs> just you as you you watched uh, the dudes hit the tilt and you're like come on tilt it G- give it give tilt it to her it. give it to her <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Well, oh, you were you were just thinking about the the accused with Jodie Foster, weren't you? Um, you weirdo. More that uh, that one episode of South Park of uh, mm-hmm. George Lucas raping our childhood, uh, um, and the rendition of that accused scene. Because um, I've never seen that right. movie, but I think we've been ta- we've talked about this before. I feel like Either... yeah, you really like talking about Jodie Foster getting no. raped. <laughs> I don't know what's up no. with that. You're the weird guy. You're probably the one who brought it up. Hey, anyway, RJ, uh, as, <laughs> yeah. as I mentioned earlier, that was supposed to be a bridge. Uh, you, yep. You've watched a lot of stuff this week. I did. Yeah. So uh, any uh, creep highlights? Nope. Okay. No, uh, yeah, I, uh, I watched a lot of stuff, so I was just going to I was gonna keep it to a limited three. Sounds good. For, uh, for time's sake. But uh, if anyone else is curious, I, uh, I also delved deep into the greatest hits uh, filmography of both Mr. Adam Sandler and Mr. Mike Myers. So if anyone's interested on that, I uh, I went pretty heavy into those bad boys this weekend. So that's my life now, I guess. <laughs> but uh, anyways, back to brass tacks. Is that, is that what they say? That's what the kids brass are saying. Tacks. Yep. Um, so uh, last week uh, I finished uh, reading The Catcher in the Rye. Uh, I had never oh. read that before. So I uh, I got into a little Salinger and I read that and naturally because I had read that it uh, led me right into uh, conspiracy theory with uh, my man the fallen son Mel Gibson uh-huh. uh, as <laughs> Caulfield in right into the conspiracy theory. Well, have you seen conspiracy theory uh, in theater years and years and years ago? Because okay, so here's my here's my story about conspiracy theory. This is one of those movies that I've seen like. I couldn't even tell you. I bet it's a hundred easily a hundred times because they used to show it on a uh, TBS all the time, like twice a week, probably with with trading places with. Yeah. Trading places and conspiracy theory. These are two of my like most watched movies of all time. So uh, obviously I like it because Big Mel is in it. But as people will remember, I am also a pretty big conspiracy theorist myself. So I identify a lot with uh Mel's lunacy and all the wacky stuff he does in that movie. And also, I think it's a pretty good movie. I was really surprised um, when I uh, logged it. I went on to Letterboxd and I noticed that it doesn't fare very well in the ratings. A lot of people really, really don't like that movie, which I find surprising. I mean, Dick Donner directed it. It's got Mel and Julia. It's, it's not like I don't think it's bad. It's not it's not like amazing or anything, like that, but I think it's a really good show. And, and Patrick Stewart, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I thought like I think that movie's really good. It's got like some awesome scenes like when Mel is uh strapped to that wheelchair and his eyeballs are taped back and mm-hmm. he's like kicking his way through that uh that insane asylum. It's awesome. It's fucking wicked. Uh but no, so the reason I went to that is cuz in conspiracy theory, he uh has like a million copies of Catcher in the Rye in his apartment mm-hmm. and like it shows that he like obsesses over it because basically like he was brainwashed to always go by catcher in the rye is like this thing where if any of those rogue agents or like people they use go missing they can like track the uh, purchases of catcher in the rye so they like it can pop up and stuff like that and i think it's because of uh what's his face the guy who shot lennon he had a copy of catcher in the rye yeah and uh i don't know i think it's popped up a couple times like i don't know maybe like the oklahoma timothy mcvane or mcvane or whatever that guy's name someone like that yeah yeah one of those guys had one too. It's a it's a popular book with uh, nuts that it had like a rep uh, kind of in the post the eighties because um, it's about loners and mm-hmm. people talking about phonies. 
Yeah, so uh, I had actually, I had never, I'd never read that book before. It wasn't prescribed in my school. I think we got a different coming of age story, like, uh, like Hatchet, oh, like man. Gary Paulson. That reminds me, actually. Um, we, we, yeah, actually, at my school, we were not allowed to like pick that book because our, our teacher was like scared of like the ramifications it could have. Uh, Did you like, go to public school? Uh, yeah. I, you'd think it would be like not an issue at a public school, no. more like a, a Christian school. No, it was like I don't know. It was just a public thing where it's like, yeah, the teacher was like, he was talking about like letting it be on the list of books we could choose, and mm-hmm. he he talked himself into like not letting us read it. It's like, oh. yeah, it is odd. It's weird. Um, so um, like, it, so my so it took me a few years until later that I actually got around to reading it because it's uh, right. it's good old fashioned uh, emo hipster reading, and I was right eat both of those things i guess yeah you still are yeah buddy. basically where, um, where is it wearing my corduroy jackets and uh listening yeah. to bell and sebastian that's oh, me that's you emo to the core um <laughs> so emo no yeah like uh i find that surprising because i went to a catholic school and we didn't read it not because it was like banned or anything we just read like other stuff i think we at that time that you read it i think we did hatchet and like lord of the flies or something so we did the other side where mm. so it's not that we weren't allowed i don't think they gave a shit but uh whoever was teaching the classes that at that year they must not have been a fan but anyways that's why so i read that book uh for the first time and then i was like because i always remember it in conspiracy theory like his like obsession with the book and i was mm-hmm. like i don't i never knew what it was about i was just like man that's so cool mel gibson you're so cool so uh yeah, so I read it and then watched Conspiracy Theory, and like I said, I still think that movie is really good. I don't, I don't really understand why it's uh, so poorly uh, rated now. I don't know. Weird. I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm in, I'm uh, the minority here, and I have too much uh, sentimental attachment to it. But I feel like even when that is the case, I can be honest, unless it's Ace Ventura, <laughs> which is clearly a five out of five yeah. uh, so, affair. So I'm, I'm curious, what did you think of all Catcher in the Rye? Are you really asking me? I thought yeah. you didn't like when I talked about books. Well, I'm, I'm curious about this book. You're curious about this book? I had no idea you were reading it. Ah, uh, well, I threw one over. I threw the wool over your eyes. I guess so. Um, no, I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I think I would. Uh, I think it would have meant more to me if I had read it when I was younger mm-hmm. because I'm not in that kind of crisis anymore of like trying to find out who I am, even though I am daily because I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but, but you know what? I think it might, um, it might, uh, bode wetter, bode wetter. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. Bode better with, uh, like a teenager because you could probably identify with those things more like the way he feels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I like how he talks and he calls everyone bastards and, uh, <laughs> sons of bitches and stuff like that. I think that's pretty fun. Um, so I don't know. I liked it, but, I think uh, I think I was a little too old for the first time. Mm. What do you think about that? Uh, cool. Are, are, are you gonna read more Salinger? Yeah, I'll read more Salinger. I, I wouldn't know where to go next. Uh, well, there's really not that many choices. <laughs> uh, there's only like three books, basically, or there's like a collection of short stories, and there's like Franny and Zoe, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, whatever it is, the glass book. Uh, it's just yeah. Yeah, you don't have not too many uh, options really. So, uh, well, Friday I will. Is always my, interesting. 
um, it's like basically just two stories in one book. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll be it'll inform you all about Pilgrim's Progress mm-hmm. and uh, sitting ar- sitting around in a bathtub. Um, yeah. That sounds know, even hotter. Very hot. Uh, no, yeah, I'll read some more and then I'll watch. Uh, I think there's a documentary on him, on his life. So I'll read. I read some more and then I'll uh, I'll watch that movie and I can talk about it on the show. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm reading a different book now, which uh, I will I, I almost will certainly be done by next week. So you'll hear all about it. Okay. Um, but anyways, on to my other two movies, Jer. Yeah. And this is a rare treat. They were both movies that came out last year. What? New Like new movies, man. Whoa. Uh, so I'm going to start with the, uh, the stinker of the bunch, uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doan. <laughs> or Jane Doan, Jane yeah. Doe. Uh, you know this movie, I believe. It I've is from the. I've heard of it because people seem to talk about it very highly on horror uh-huh. podcasts. Yeah, so this is the uh, director of Troll Hunter, which I actually think is an amazing movie. Oh, That's a legitimate I didn't know that. Movie. That I like Troll Hunter? No, I didn't know that was directed by Troll Hunter guy. Yeah, it is. Huh. Um, so I think Troll Hunter is fucking amazing. I love that movie. Troll Hunter is and, very like, cool. Yeah, very cool. And uh, so I was pretty ex- excited about this because as as like you, I had heard a lot on other podcasts or just reviews and stuff like that. It was at film festivals and it was the surprise that everyone was talking about. Um, so I'll just I'll go. I won't go into spoilers very much, but it's a uh, Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch are uh, not morticians. Guys who do autopsies. Forensic scientists. <laughs> No, they they just have like a funeral home where they do autopsies on people okay. for the cops and stuff. Forensic scientists? <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. So they're forensic scientists and then uh um they get a body and they do the autopsy and it's uh so and then weird shit happens. It turns into a horror movie. So I'd heard a lot about it and I think this is one of those times where the the hype machine struck a little too high for me and then when I did watch it, I was pretty disappointed in it. Um the biggest thing is that uh, there's really cool stuff in this movie, but it just, it like, it doesn't know what the cool stuff is and doesn't stick with it long enough. So like when they're doing all the autopsy stuff, that stuff is like super cool. It's like really interesting. I would love a whole movie on that, but then it goes for this really like cheap horror movie shit where it's like a character will leave and then like something is in the hallway and you see it pass really quick and then the character will turn and then it'll pass quick and then it'll be like right there and like jump scare stuff. Mm. And I was like, come on. I was like, I don't, it's like, you don't got to do that. I was like, what you have going is interesting enough. You don't have to add all this shit in there. And then they do other like really dumb stuff. Like they introduce this super cool cat, like right at the start and you're like, Oh, that cat's so cool. And then Uh like five minutes later, it's dead yeah. for um, almost no reason at all. It has nothing to do with anything in the story. And it's like, why was that even in there? Like, even if I wasn't like the animal guy, I would still be like, why is that fucking in there? It doesn't make any sense, like, for the story. And then, I don't know, there's just, there's lots of stuff that happens where it's like, it's like, why did that happen? It's like, why is this happening? And then there's an ending where it's just like, if that's what the case was, they could have just did that the whole fucking time. Like there's, it's like one of those ending. It's like, why didn't that just happen at the start? Mm. So I was, uh, I was pretty disappointed in it. Okay. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it eventually. Um, I'm like, I'm in no rush to watch any recent movies anymore because it seems like every time I do, I'm like, I have such a bad response to it compared to like other people recommending it and talking it up. So I'm like, I try to like spend, like go as far away from new movies as possible before I get into them. Um, Especially with horror and like drama. Um, Because I find that like that distance uh, helps. So I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll still probably watch this because maybe it'll work for me. But I don't know. Yeah, it might. It sounds like it could be disappointing. Like it it seems like almost universally, like if people aren't super into this movie, they all go, "Yeah, this movie would have been great if it was only like uh, like forty five minutes long or like an hour." And like they cut out the last half because apparently it just like really. It gets really ridiculous, uh, and you, you're either along for the ride or you're not by mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, I uh, I don't even think it's the last half. I think the whole movie, the flaws are there for the whole movie. Like, uh, so there's like a kind of the reveal of what's going on and stuff, and I thought that was fine. Like, I didn't think it was too weird or anything mm-hmm. at all. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm on board for that. I just wish they had done, like. I wish it just took a more subtle approach and just stuck with the autopsy the whole time because then, like, they do try to do this kind of, I don't know, they try, they just try to build up jump scare stuff and it's like, I'm not interested in that. Sure. Not really, not me watching it on 12 in the afternoon on a fucking Tuesday. Like, maybe that's my problem. Should have watched it in a theater, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, no, I don't know. I don't think it's, the ending didn't, like the reveal and stuff didn't bother me. I thought that was fine. It's just the way they went about presenting certain things. Should have just stuck with the autopsy. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Okay. That's all it should have been. What was number three? And then, number three uh, is a, another movie that the hype machine has been building up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, one that I think is actually worthy of the hype. And that is Hell or High Water by... Uh, David McKenzie, the oh. guy who did the only thing I know he did was that startup movie, that like oh, prison one. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, the guy who wrote it is your close personal buddy, the guy who wrote Sicario, <laughs> one uh-huh. of your favorite movies. Okay. Uh, so this movie is like a modern western about uh, two brothers, um, Chris Pine and Ben Foster, and they are kind of doing their texans they're down on their luck and they're trying to go after uh i'll just do you want me to just tell you i don't know should i dance around like what this is about you you find out in the first fucking like minute yeah go for it i'll you're gonna lend it to me but that's fine i i I really don't know anything about this movie other than michael shannon's in it nope that no no that's nocturnal animals what you're thinking of the jake gyllenhaal movie oh michael shannon's not in hell or high water no, Jeff Bridges is. Oh, weird. I, I, so I know nothing about the movie then. Okay, well, okay, well, Chris Pine and Ben Foster are like brothers, and uh, the bank is like going to foreclose on their ranch. So they go and they uh, start stealing money. Like they do bank robberies in Texas. And then Jeff Bridges is like uh, a Texas ranger who comes down to like find them. That's it. So that's you, you, you literally find out in the first minute. So I don't think I'm spoiling that's, anything. Yeah, that's not you. very spoilery. That's like the plus kind of just the 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 plot. <laughs> yeah. That's Fine. the uh, that's the elevator pitch, mm-hmm. as they say. Um no, I thought this movie was really uh was actually pretty good. Um it looks great. You get a lot of big big sky like uh horizons. I think it was filmed in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um I think 
you might like this one the way I did in that uh, a lot of the landscapes and like the people and the buildings and stuff like that will remind you of our neck of the woods in Southern Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever driven through certain parts, you're like, cause I, I looked up where it was filmed. I was like, this could have been filmed here, but uh, it was New Mexico. Okay. So I was a little off, but it, it looks just like uh, here. It's like a lot of ghost towns, like no one left around. Everyone who's left is like really trashy. Um, also, cool thing, uh, Nick Cave did the soundtrack for this movie, Ooh. which is pretty cool because uh, I like Nick Cave. I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fun because you get to hear him sing a country song some, somewhere close to the end, which okay. uh, I personally, I haven't. I don't know that much Nick Cave. I like him. Mm-hmm. I only have like two CDs, so I don't know if he's dabbled in country uh, at other times in his career. Not Yeah, not strictly. I mean, I mean, yeah. He's he's not that far off from that though. Spoken mm-hmm. word kind of singer songwriter guy. So country seems to be not that far off from him. There's a have you ever listened to murder ballads? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay. That, he's like that's probably his most iconic album. But yeah. Okay. So uh, so yeah, like Nick Cave's in there and he's really good. It looks good. Um, the script is pretty good too. Like I like the story. I think it's a cool. Uh, I don't like. I don't want to say fresh take, but it, like it's a it's a nice modern western. Um, the the standout is uh, I I think any fucking movie he's the standout. Ben Foster, that guy's fucking amazing. I love that guy. He's such a good actor. Do you you like Ben Foster? Uh, I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? He was a uh, angel in uh, X Men: okay. The Last no, Stand. I, 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 every time I'm like, I, I'm like, we have this conversation. You love Ben Foster, yeah. and I go, who? And then I'm like, oh wait, he was the kid in Six Feet Under. That's kind of where oh, I, yeah. that's all I really know. That's the last thing I really remember yeah. him being in. And then yeah, he was Angel in X Men, and I'm mm. like, oh yeah, <laughs> sure. I, uh, I like him in Three Ten to Yuma, where he's also a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, he's like Russell Crowe's secondhand man. Okay. Anyways, uh, he's fucking awesome in this movie, but I think he's really good in any movie. And uh, the other thing, I think this has uh, finally figured out what to do with Chris Pine. Just make him a cowboy, man. Make him like a, a dirty like trailer park guy because he looks fucking great with like long hair and like a, a dirty mustache and just like no charisma just like like totally because he's like totally like one tone he's like and he he was really good in it like that i he's way better in this than in any of like the star trek or like action movies like stuff like that he should be a cowboy forever is what i think (laughs) and then uh jeff bridges is uh he's just jeff bridges you know Mm -hmm. he's just doing his old cowboy thing but uh he uh you couldn't ask for a better old cowboy um, so anyways, I thought it was really good. Um, I don't think it's, it didn't like amaze me or anything like that. There was a few things that, uh, I didn't like, they do this big play up on, uh, like cowboys and Indians or like the relations between white man and Indians. Like it's like white man took Indian land and then the banks took white man land. And, uh, like for me, I thought it was a little heavy handed, like, like I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to sound like an asshole, but like I got it. And then they like had characters like explicitly like detail what it was. And I was like, it's like, you don't need to say that. It's like, it's really obvious. You don't have to have like specific characters telling you 
what you've already seen. So I don't know. That was my take on it. I was I thought it was a little too uh, on the nose. A little too on the nose. Yeah, some of the things like you have a character literally say that. It's like say those lines verbatim. It's like white man took Indian land and bank took white man land. And I was like, yeah, I know, I get it. <laughs> that, so, that sounds like the perfect movie to be nominated for best picture. Then, yeah, yeah, this uh, this did just get nominated for best picture. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's the Alberta talking in me, but I was like, I get it, man. I know. <laughs> I so anyway, anyways, I, I did think it was very good and uh, I will be lending it to you. So uh, you'll probably watch it in the next week or two when you can, uh, you can chime in whether, uh, whether or not you agree. Okay. So, and, and at some point, uh, blood father, I'm guessing will be coming my way. Th- those are coming packaged in a nice little bow along with my uh, Ace Ventura double pack. <laughs> it also it's actually a triple pack. It also has the short-lived animated series uh which is only I think about 6 episodes oh. uh or something like that, but uh you can watch them all, buddy. All righty. Yeah. So uh, I think that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh I I've got two numbers I'll mention, uh both from 1987. Um Ooh. both fall under the uh, header of Shitima. Oh uh, no. One is a film called Enemy Territory. Um, it is set in New York, but probably mostly shot on sound stages in Los Angeles, I feel. Uh, it's a movie about an uh, insurance brokerage kind of guy. Uh, he's being given the opportunity to sign like an easy deal money and make the commission off of it because he's had a lot of uh, like a bad run of it lately uh it's got it's played by a guy named gary frank you I, I have no idea who he is he's like pretty crappy in this or at least his his yeah. or the dialogue he's given is like not very good um so anyway uh the catch course is that he has to go just get this piece of paper signed and then get the premium paid uh and bring it back but it's like he has to go that night and it's like he has to go to the ghetto and one of those uh towers uh that you see in mm. movies like Candyman. Um, mm. and so he has to go find, go, go there. Um, and he of course goes there like at four or five o'clock at night before the sun goes down. Everyone's like, what are you crazy white boy? What are you doing here? Like, and then there's like all these things, uh, spray painted all over just saying the vampires. Cause apparently the gang that runs this particular tower is just goes by the name of the vampires. They're not actual vampires. I'll just, That's a cool d- gang I'll, name I'll, though. I'll, it is. It's pretty cool. Um, uh. he, uh, runs afoul of like a small child macking on some girl, um, and he like, kind of like, just like puts his hand on the kid's shoulder to ask them a question. And the kid just is super offended by this, pulls out a knife, threatens this, uh, rip this, kill this dude. Uh, mm-hmm. but the security guard shows up of the building and kind of breaks up the action guy goes up, he t- gets the money from the lady and, uh, on his way back down with the security guard, uh, the vampires have come out and they're in the elevator. Uh, the gang is led by Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tony Todd likes to hang out, I guess, in these, uh, uh, towers, just like in Candyman. <laughs> and yeah. He's not acting. That's just no, him. That's, he just, was there. That's, that's what he does. Uh, yeah. anyway, so they're there to, to get blood cause, uh, Sweet. he, he, he touched this kid. Um, one thing leads to another and, uh, the security guard gets stabbed in the gut and the security guard in getting stabbed in the gut shoots his gun off and kills this kid. Um, and this of course sets up now a situation where this insurance man is going to get killed and he's trapped in this building. Uh, he gets assisted by a, uh, telephone, uh, company working man played by Ray Parker Jr. Uh, the man Mm -hmm. who's saying the Ghostbusters theme. 
uh, oh, famously. Sweet. So he's, I don't know if this is his like first movie that he ever acted in, but it sure seemed like it because uh, yeah. he, he's not much of an actor. Uh, but, oh. but, <laughs> but anyway, so the whole movie is just like them trying to get out of this uh, apartment complex uh, and not get killed. And they mm-hmm. get help from like helpful people that are in the building. Uh, there's a Vietnam vet, and of course Ray Parker Jr.'s uh, telephone company worker guy. He is uh, also a Vietnam vet. Um, yeah, and hijinks ensue. Uh, hmm. This movie was like very pretty entertaining. Uh, I'd never really heard of it. Uh, it came up. I was looking at a list of uh, Empire Pictures, uh, which is like Charles Band's company, which is now Full Moon. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like just like looking at a whole list of all the movies and like one of his like most highly regarded ones. And this movie came up, and I had never heard of. Uh, so I tracked down a copy, and we watched it. And yeah, it's like fine. Uh, I mean. It sort of belongs to that subgenre of like surviving in a building. So there's like that carpenter aspect, but it's like kind of like the raid one, um, uh, Dread, uh, which like we had both those movies come out at that one point in time where like there's all yeah. these apartment complex movies and surviving this, the night. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's okay. Um, hmm. I don't know. Uh, it seems like some people over like it sometimes to just get people to watch it, which is cool because I mean, I would have never watched this or heard of it otherwise. And I, right. I'm glad this movie exists. Uh, it'd be nice if it actually came out in a, uh, spiffier package than it, it currently exists in, which is like nothing at all. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was not too bad. Uh, so not quite Shitima then. Not quite. I mean, like the story-wise, it's like definitely it's Shitima. It's stupid movie, but right. it's entertaining. It's like uh, I was never bored. There's some guys getting thrown down elevator shafts, which are uh, always uh, a way to win my heart. And then that same mm-hmm. guy who gets thrown down an elevator shaft, he somehow survives, kind of. And so you get like pretty well him as like a zombie all of a sudden. You're like, okay, uh, this is like a little unbelievable. But he yeah. he, he gets his uh, until. Tony Todd's got a pretty uh, humorous uh, way of going out because uh, mm-hmm. he thinks he's think that he is immortal and that he is a vampire. He goes by the name of Count and that like the tower oh, is his sweet. castle and stuff. He lives the gimmick. Um, that sounds cool. Yeah, Tony Todd's like totally like the highlight of it, um, obviously because he's Tony Todd, um, and everyone else is just sort of serviceable. It's it's okay, yeah. but yeah, enemy territory. I, it's a cool title and uh, yep. it's kind of a almost uh, hidden gem. Yeah. Um, that sounds really cool. I have a question though that yeah. I just thought of. Do you think Tony Todd's real name is Anthony Todd? But he went by Tony because it sounds better. Well, there's only, there's one way to find out. You see, An- hey, did you watch Wayne's World An- too? Anthony Turan Todd. Ah, I knew it. Okay, I'd, I'd go by Tony as well. One of those uh, Hollywood uh, guys that changes their name to sound better. That's right. It rolls like off the tongue. Jar- Jarrett Duncan. Jarrett. We all na- know your name is really Pilbert. Pilbert. <laughs> Pilbert. Uh, so yeah. the, the other film I watched was also from 1987, and this mm-hmm. particular number was brought to our fine friends at Canon Group, Canon Films. Um, and that movie's Undercover. Uh, This is a movie that uh, the only reason, the only reason I watched this movie um, was the, like, cover, the poster for this movie just, like, Uh always made me laugh because people want to look this up. Uh, I think I posted it on Instagram, too. It's this, like, middle-aged-looking man who's, like, 
kind of like balding. It does not look at all like he could pull up being a teenager, but he is an undercover cop, and his new beat is to become go undercover at a high school to bust a drug dealing ring. What? Um, I know. Um, so Johnny Depp, he ain't. Uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, he ain't. Uh, he's not. Mm-hmm. I, he, I think this movie was like designed maybe with like Anthony Edwards in mind at this time, com- coming off of like mm-hmm. Top Gun, because like the guy they got, like he's only in like six movies, um, and like I think he just kind of looked like Anthony Edwards, but the guy was like only. 25 when this movie was made but he looks older um mm-hmm. so i mean the po- the poster is hilarious it's like him and uh, jennifer jason lee um in, like in the hallway and like looking at the camera and it's like it's back to high school <laughs> and i was like oh my god this is gonna be comical but like the movie mm-hmm. like actually acknowledges the fact that he doesn't he's balding and like so it's like the movie knows Aww. and plays along with it so it's like oh that that takes away from the fun of like laughing at this like them trying to pull it off and him wearing mm-hmm. hats and like acting like a teenager um this movie pretty pretty not so good <laughs> pretty pretty crap on the whole oh, you it's, don't it's, say it's, it's mostly crap just because um with canon kind of has the reputation of uh like making a ridiculous absurd kind of wacky violent movies that like they're probably pretty boring and rote but there's like something exciting that always happens in these movies um, this movie has none, none of that at all. Like, it's just like the cliche after cliche. Uh, it's like, I would imagine like a completely forgettable episode of 21 Jump Street, which this movie is obviously mm-hmm. ripping off because it came out like six or seven months after the TV show had started and, and was like a colossal hit, um, mm-hmm. in its, in its day. Um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of just made me want to watch the like 21 Jump Street uh, movie from a couple of years ago again because I think that movie like uh, is actually pretty smart um, mm-hmm. and uh, self aware it's self aware it, it pulls some smart clever stuff about like how high school has changed uh, in the mm-hmm. last like decade uh, compared to like what, what how high school is pretty consistent for like decades on end and something changed in the culture um, yeah. or guys like Channing Tatum were like the losers and the bullies and now like Jonah Hill would be the cool guy Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was like like a highlight of that movie for me is uh, this the cleverness of that. Uh, this, th- th- this movie just didn't do any of that. <laughs> like, there's nothing going on. Uh, everything is like, oh, the someone's trying to frame the black kid. Uh, he's um, he's the drug dealer, but you know he's a good guy. He's from the poor side because it's in the south, so there's like mm. that kind of aspect. I don't know. It, like I said, I feel tricked by that poster. But congratulations right. at marketing people, you got me in there. Uh, thirty mm. thirty years later, uh, but um, unbelievable. Boo, boo earns. Yeah. So no, no thanks, undercover. Uh, there, there's better canon out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you asked for this stuff. I did. I did. Right? Do, I brought it on me. Yeah, so uh, I, I have no no pity for you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but hey, uh, any stories or news you'd like to bring to the table this week? News. Uh, they announced uh, all the Oscars and the, uh, oh, the Razzies. Oh, the man. Razzies. Uh, so I, I personally think the, the Academy Awards are bullshit. Uh, ever since 2008, when The Dark Knight by the master class uh, filmmaker Chris Nolan should have won Best Picture, but wasn't even nominated. Uh, I, since then, I've always thought that these things are bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
I don't care that much. But, uh, I mean, because we are a movie podcast, we should probably talk about it. Um, or not, whatever. Sure, I mean, let's do it. The, the big highlights, uh, I guess, uh, for uh, La La Land, Moonlight, and Manchester by the Sea, they got all the nominations. So I have seen zero of those three <laughs> me, movies. Me too, me too. <laughs> but uh, me and Andrea might go to uh, one of those this weekend. Ooh. So I may have some news to report on whether or not any of those are any good. Mm-hmm. Um, your favorite movie of the year, Arrival, got nominated for Best Picture. Did you see yeah, that? I did. Yeah. Uh, so the real reason I brought this up was two twofold. One, uh, bullshit that uh, Batman versus Superman wasn't nominated for a single award. Except for uh, Razzies. Except for Razzies, which, by the way, is total fucking bullshit. That's oh, the big. The, 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 the Razzies are garbage. What was the bogus thing I ever seen? Seriously, just like, fucking uh, ra- the goddamn cruising got like a Razzie in like 1981 yeah. or whatever, and it's like, eat a dick. Eat the Razzies are worthless. Anyone who like all the people who are involved with it, they're like <laughs> the, the worst type of scum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are all the people who was who were giving uh, BVS horrible reviews when it came out because they had heard other people giving it bad reviews and they just wanted to perpetuate that uh, yeah. those because they're like they they have no thought of their own. I imagine because the big tell there is fucking Ben Affleck got nominated for worst a- actor, which I think is total horseshit. Because the last thing anyone anyone who sees that movie, um, I think, is in agreement that he is like easily the best part. So. I don't think anyone could say he was a bad actor in that movie. Mm-hmm. So that's total fucking bullshit. But um, I like I didn't expect it to get nominated for anything. But I thought maybe visual effects, because um, I mean it did have a lot of visual effects. Suicide Squad got a nomination. Yeah, sound for, like, or, for something sound. I think it, I, I thought it was like wardrobe or no, sure. like costume I design. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, that doesn't really matter. The big mm. news is my main man, Mel Gibson, is back. Oh, he sure his, is. His directorial effort of Hacksaw Ridge uh, pulled a considerable amount of nominations uh, for including Best Picture, Best Actor, and you guessed it, Best Director. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to win any awards. No. But uh, the fact that it's nominated and they're like, okay, you can come back, I think is a great sign for Mel. He's back, baby. So, he's back, baby. <laughs> he's back. Um, so that's all I really wanted to talk about. Okay. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't and, care about the words. And, and on top of it, Mel Gibson's a father again. Uh, you know what? You know how many kids he's got now? Uh, lots. Nine. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's like, ninth, he's like, uh, uh, Mick Jagger. How many kids do you got? Lots. I think, oh. I think he's another one of those guys. He just keeps like, he, le- he fucks him and leaves him. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, Mel's Catholic, so that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, well, yeah, there, there's that photo of him and his uh, lady, his, like, 28-year-old wife. And, uh, boy, it's like, huh, how's, he your, how's, your, how's your granddaughter? Oh, it's your, what's your wife? Uh, Mick Jagger's oh. got eight and counting children. So he's at nine. Him and Mel are, like, neck and neck. And, he, and, and on top of it, Mick's, like, got, like, 10 years on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mel's doing better. Yeah. And uh, also, I don't think it's as weird as uh, when uh, Morgan Freeman was dating that girl who's like s- literally 70 years younger than him. So maybe not literally, but she was like super young. Hmm. So uh, Mel's not as creepy as Morgan Freeman. He gets a pass, though, because everyone likes him. Because mm-hmm. uh, of his, uh, his domineering voice. I just want to throw out there a South Park nice. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's the news, I guess. That's your news. Oh, uh, awards uh, were were things. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of uh, like their back babies, uh, M. Night Shyamalan uh, dominated the box office this weekend. What? Mm-hmm. My buddy M. Night? Yeah, with, with the uh, Split film. Uh, that you were mm-hmm. uh, dumping on, I think. Uh, I dumped on that? I think you were a little bit. You were uh, giving me the plot synopsis. You didn't sound particularly positive, I don't think. Oh, you you know why? Because uh, that uh, split personality yeah, stuff, yeah, that's yeah. all horseshit. Yeah, I know. That's that's why. That's what I mean. You were kind of down yeah. on that. Uh, but I don't think you're familiar with how M. Night Shyamalan movies work. Yes, uh, I... And that's sort of uh, how he works mm-hmm. is he doesn't care about facts. He's most he, people he ultra, don't. He's about alternative facts, RJ. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, so he's back. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie did well. Uh, it seems, mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, on my letterbox, people are pretty positive on it. They seem to be thinking yep. this is like probably one of his best movies since like the original trilogy of good. Uh, which well, is, What's in that trilogy? Well, it's like your... Uh, what was it? Six Sense, Six Sense uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable Signs. Like the original, like okay, his nice. first three movies. It seems to yep. be like this is either like four or like, it seems like people also really like The Visit, uh, which I didn't see. Um, uh, but it seems like they put that, this one fairly mm-hmm. high up above uh, the last like decade of his career. Mm-hmm. I, I can speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I As you know, uh, Signs is like one of my favorite fucking movies ever mm-hmm. because it's got my two favorite things in it. So I was a big M. Night fan. Uh, I am one of the rare people who uh, thinks The Village is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's way underrated. Um, I think if people watched it now, as I know you've never seen it, so I bet if you watched it now, I bet you would like it. I, I have a copy uh, of it that just needs to be watched. If not for one reason alone, uh, that fucking big Roger Deakins is doing the cinematography on that. So it's pretty. It looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Adrian Brody are wicked. So um, I like The Village as well. Uh, I thought Lady in the Water was fine when I watched it, but I think I was 13 or 14 when it came out. Yeah. And then uh, and then he and then he got into sticky territory with uh, that last airbender and After Earth and all that jazz. But um, <laughs> I, see, I, I totally forgot he directed After Earth. Uh, yeah. I was talking about this with another friend and uh, – uh, we were coming up with the movies and like after earth just did not come to my mind. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. that did happen. Yeah. Um, and there's like, just like the story of like, I think someone's like bootlegging of like a, of a theater screen. And there's like, but that devil's movie is like on. And then like, Oh yeah. And then like, Edna Shalman's name came up and their audience reaction was like, Oh, and it's like, Ooh, yeah. that's like not a good step. Like, uh, it's mm-hmm. not, a good, not a good career trajectory, but it seems like uh, he's coming back. He's, yeah, I think that's good. Um, I'll, I'll say this too: the, uh, that Devil movie, although not good, it's not horrible. It's yeah. better than some of the other shit. I think the idea is better than a, um, a lot of other horror movies. And actually, I think I've said this before, but that plays out night would have been a uh, would have played out nice as a uh, Tales from the Crypt episode, mm-hmm. which he was supposed to bring back to television, but he recently had an interview where he said the uh, it's so. The uh, rights to it are so caught up that it's probably never going to come back. Um, anyways, uh, I did watch that Visit movie mm-hmm. that came out last year, and I thought it was actually pretty good. It had some really um, really cool images in it, like really spooky stuff. Uh, I'm not a fan of the found footage, so that was kind of a turnoff for me. But uh, um, no, I thought it was fine. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Um... So my other thing that I was going to mention, I was I forgot to do this last week. Um, what? But 
So this was an article on IndieWire.com. Uh, mm-hmm. It was written by David Ehrlich. Ehrlich? I think he's like a mm. he's a letterbox poster. He's a well liked fella. Um, sure. So he wrote this article or put together this article called "What Is the Best American Remake of a Foreign Language Film?" Critics survey. Um, mm. So I, I just like randomly clicked on it. I think because uh, Richard Brody's uh, was on there, uh, the New yep. Yorker critic, and because he was very proud of himself that he was able to respond to this with a single letter response, which was the 1951 film M, which I'd watched yep. and thought was like pretty good. Um, mm. So I was just scanning this list, and I was like, oh, there's 12 Monkeys. Everyone knows that. Uh, yep. The Departed, Let Me In, kind of like mm-hmm. the usual stuff. But then I came across. Uh, uh, who was it? Actually, the author's uh, own uh, submission, which was True Lies. And I was like, wait. True Lies? True Lies. Yes. Uh, was Super Fox Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. So uh, this is a remake of a French film uh, by a director named Claude Zidi from 1991. It's an action mm. comedy called La Totale. <laughs> Uh, oh. And it's like I watched the trailer. Uh, it's all in French. I don't think it even has mm-hmm. like English subtitles. But yeah, no, like it is. Uh, the guy's like more. Uh, if you squint, he's kind of like more of a Keanu Reeves rather than a Arnold Schwarzenegger. But there's like mm-hmm. the, there's like the Jamie Lee Curtis character. <laughs> there's the uh, Bill Paxton character. There's the mm-hmm. Tom Arnold character. I don't think there's like I don't really get the sense there's like Arab terrorists in this. But yeah, no, it's like I'm totally like mm-hmm. amazing. Like I. Like now that I've heard it, it feels like kind of vaguely familiar that I remember people like throwing out there, Hey, did you know True Lies was a remake? But like, yeah. boy, did they not like that doesn't get brought up at all. Right. Well, that's, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I, I love True Lies. That movie fucking rules. Um, I know you'll probably watch this French version, so you'll have to let me know how it holds up. Uh, well, hey, I, I do want to mention, because uh, this is like, uh, I think our conversations, True Lies has come up a couple times, because I think when you were watching Aliens, I think you made some comment about, like, why does Bill Paxton exist? <laughs> I think you're, you're like, yeah. you're, you're really shitting on Bill Paxton. And I was like, what? And like, because like, to me, it's like, Bill Paxton's fantastic. And like, I believe I had to send you the uh, a still of uh, Bill Paxton's great line from True Lies about his penis. Um, hey, I, I got a little dick. I <laughs> got a little dick. Yeah. Um, okay, here's so this is just a, a preview because next week uh, I will be covering the Alien franchise for my creeping on. So get ready for that, folks. But uh, I was watching Aliens and like I know that's how the character is written, but Bill Paxton just fucking annoyed me so much. I was like, <laughs> it just fuck. I don't know. I like I I know I get it, but <laughs> that's like all he plays. I don't know. But I, I will say this though, he's the bomb in frailty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that movie rules. A simple plan. Oh. Yeah, he's good. In, well, he's good. It's just his aliens character is so fucking annoying. <laughs> oh God. It's pathetic. Yeah. Sad. Sad. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's that then. Uh, yeah, that's that. All right. Well, hey, uh, after the break, we're here to talk about a uh, some films, RJ, uh, some Henri-Georges Clouseau, and I think we're going to kick things off in spine order, not uh, actual date of release, uh, yeah. but Le Diabolique nice. uh, from 1955 is coming up after the break. <laughs> Stone 
cold dead in the market. He's stone cold dead in the market. He's stone cold dead in the market. I killed nobody but my husband. Last night I went out drinking. When I came home I gave her a beating. So she caught up the rolling pin and went to work on my head till she bossed it in. I like old dead in the market. Stone cold dead in the market. I like old dead in the market. She killed nobody but her husband. I lick him with the pot on the frying pan. I lick him with the pot on the frying pan. I lick him with the pot on the frying pan. And if I kill him, he had it coming. Man, he's stone cold dead in the market. Aujourd'hui ou jamais. Et tu es sûr que ça laisse pas de traces. Et le scandale Tu imagines le scandale Ça ne peut finir que d'une façon. Sans des monstres, Dieu n'aime pas les monstres. Oh, j'ai la tête qui éclate, moi. Je vis une histoire de fou. Ce n'est pas une histoire de fou, c'est une histoire diabolique. Qui est là Diabolique. Un costume d'homme. Diabolique. Une malle en osier. Diabolique. Une piscine. Qui l'a enfoncé sous l'eau And we're back. And we're talking about Henry Georges Clouseau's Diabolique, uh, or its English title, The Devils, from 1955. Mm -hmm. Um, The story begins in media res, as the kids like to say, uh, with the wife of an asshole husband and the asshole husband's mistress, both teachers at a boarding school for boys, and they're conspiring to kill the asshole husband. Uh, We don't really see how the characters have arrived at their actions, uh, but there is a suggestion of a long emotional falling out between the wife and her uh, husband and the mistress. uh, And basically where that they have arrived at the only solution to this whole situation is to kill him. Uh, The plot 
that they scheme up is that while both women have alibis, the husband will come to them without telling anybody, and uh, the wife will get the husband drunk and drugged, and they will then drown him in a bathtub, dump his drowned corpse into the schoolyard swimming pool, and mm-hmm. it will all appear to be a horrible accident. Um, and they do all these things. Um, and then when the swimming pool finally does get drained, there is no body. And suddenly mm-hmm. evidence begins to mount that the husband is still alive and well. And But he's just outside of the, the character's perception and the viewer's. Um, it's all told against sort of a backdrop of rather odd, humorous characters and exchanges with other teachers, uh, conversations amongst the students. Uh, it kind of all deflates the situation from being like strictly just like this real like American style thriller. Um, it seems very loose, very French. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. Uh, it seems like this film is often described as like one of the most frightening and artistic horror <laughs> pictures ever made, which I find m- laughable, maddening. <laughs> like, well, I don't maybe I, in 1950, 1950. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like the movie just doesn't ring that way for me. So uh, mm-hmm. the film's uh, based on a novel written by the crime fiction team of uh, Pierre Bellot and uh, Thomas Narcajac, um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. who their other like famous novel uh, was, would turn into the movie Vertigo directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Ah. And there's like a whole history, I guess, of like Alfred Hitchcock actually at one point was interested in adapting the same book as this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he kind of was like jealous, pissed that like Clouseau got there first and like mm-hmm. was doing like a bathtub scene and like these like weird little things that like Hitchcock was like, oh, that should have been mine. Um, <laughs> that, that's like stuff that you popular stuff that like, seems to be talked about mm-hmm. when talking about this movie. Right. Um but yeah, other than that, I guess I'll just start by saying I think this movie's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never gotten why people really, really love this movie like like ridiculously much. I know people talk about it as like this great horror film. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a few years since I'd watched this movie last. Like I remember again, this is like one of the uh, old uh, Jared got this out from the library movies because it was mm-hmm. like on all these lists at one point, and it sounded right up my alley. Um, so watching this movie again, I, I, at one point it, it came to me about maybe a half hour in, I was like, Oh wait, that's what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, uh, so spoilers people, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, I would recommend probably going in without knowing anything about it, but, mm-hmm. uh, cause we're just going to talk about it very openly now. So once I remembered that it was like all <sighs> the whole movie is about, uh, the, the asshole husband and the mistress trying to scare his wife to death. So she dies and they can take all her money and they don't have to worry about the dowry that comes along Mm -hmm. with why the school exists. And that's the whole movie. That is the actual plot. Mm -hmm. Um, And every single thing that happens in it is a contrivance to get this one scene where they scare the wife to death. Right. Um, which when you lay it out like that, it's all kind of stupid. <laughs> it, it's mm-hmm. like, it's pretty far fetched. It's kind of ridiculous. And like, sometimes like I'm pretty okay with that. I mean, I, I talk about some stupid movies that I still like, I'm pretty high on and where I know they're kind of dumb, but they still kind of work for me. Yeah. Um, but this movie, I don't know, considering it gets high reputation. Um, I just don't see it. Like, I think the movie's okay. Like just, Mm -hmm. just okay. But, um, I don't know. The acting never stands out to me a great deal. Um, I think like, obviously I think Vera Clouseau is like pretty great at like kind of being, um, 
the character she's been cast as, but mm-hmm. I think she, like uh, we'll be talking about uh, Wages of Fear after this. Uh, I liked her a lot more in that. Um, mm-hmm. But so I think she's okay. But like uh, the guy playing Michelle, the husband, uh, I don't know. He just like doesn't come off as like that hateable that I want to see him dead. And I think that's like a really important thing about this story to drag people into it, uh, mm-hmm. that you should like really hate this guy a lot. Um, and they kind of come close to that in one scene um, where uh, the wife's kind of with him at the place they're staying at in the the small town. And uh, he's like about to start drinking the like drugged uh, booze. And she like kind of slaps it out of his hand. So, cause she's starting to like go back Mm -hmm. on her wanting to kill him. And he just like, think she's an incompetent bitch and she starts like slapping her around and then suddenly you get that flash in her eye that she's like oh no now she wants him dead and like that right. scene's played really well um but i don't know other than that like it's such a weird loose kind of movie that i don't know i don't know it's not I, i'm not a huge huge fan of it um but that's my piece on it so far uh rj mm-hmm. what did you think of diabolique it's probably the best movie we've watched so far yeah no, uh, <laughs> no, I, I liked it, um, but I I have similar reservations as you. Uh, for you know, for once we kind of I think we're on the same level here. For Not once, for once. <laughs> for once. Uh, it's been a no, while. Um, every once in a while. Uh, no, I liked it. I thought like I actually liked the story and I liked how it was playing out. And um, this movie, like the other one, like you were saying. Like, uh, the first half hour, I was kind of like, what is this movie about? Like, I just, like, I, like, I had no idea what it was about. And then you kind of, it's like 30 minutes in, same with the next movie. It was like, oh, okay, that's where they're going with all this stuff. So I kind of, I like that in both of these movies. He just, like, kind of drops you into the world. And it's like, well, you'll just see how it plays out. So I thought that was cool. Um, no, I, uh, as I said, I like this story. I like history. I think it's fun is a word people I think could use to describe this movie is fun because uh, as you said, it's like when you kind of figure it out, it is very goofy where you're just like they're they're doing all this stuff just to like get at her, like just play it basically like play a trick on her. Like to scare her to death, I guess. That's not really a trick, but it, it's it's like, very uh, it's tales from the crypt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, so it's kind of yeah. like that's about all it is at the end of the day, but you don't know that. Um, mm-hmm. Like on the special features, um, uh, with the one British film guy, uh, Kim Newman, he talks about it, like how there's like sort of like a, a tradition of this sort of stories, like with like a husband and a mistress conspiring to kill someone's wife. There's like movies mm-hmm. like Double Indemnity, Gaslight, Dial M for Murder. And it's kind of like a noir sort of thing. But with this movie, yeah. they don't tell you that that's what this movie actually is. You think it's one thing until mm-hmm. the end of the movie kind of, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I thought of when I was watching the whole movie was uh, how easy it would have been to get away with like crime 60 years ago. Because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, like they, they basically get away with it. Like if it, say it wasn't like a big elaborate ruse, they would have gotten away with it. And say it, say it still played out the way it did. Those people would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for like 
that guy who had absolutely no business being in that lady's room at like two in the morning, who was a detective that just showed up at the end. Uh, Columbo. <laughs> yeah. Like that was one thing I was like, why the fuck is that old guy just hanging out in her room in the middle of the night? Also, why the fuck does that old guy hang out at morgues waiting for people like to misidentify or to like think that they're going to identify a body and then get it wrong? And he'd be like, I'll be your detective. Like, is that what he does? He just hangs out there all day. It's, it's a living. It's a living. Yeah, but he's like retired even. <laughs> I, I, I got I, I just I have to imagine there's better places for like a retired detective who like still wants to work for him to hang out and get work than at the morgue. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think like like nowadays you just wind up being like a security guard or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know. So I like I uh, I liked watching it. I thought it was good. Uh, it looks really good sometimes. Uh, oh, black yeah. and white is stellar. I yeah. I mean, I really like. I watched the movie through, and I kind of was like, ah, this movie's still just okay. Um, and then I was watching the the, the Kim Newman. Um, thing where he's talking about it and they just like have like edited bits of like the movie kind of sprinkled through and i was like really starting to like wow this movie's really nice looking like it's like it's uh and actually it's the same uh cinematographer on this uh armand uh therard i think he also shot uh wages of fear um cool but yeah no it's like it's like it's a really nice looking movie like it's it's Mm -hmm. super accomplished which is why it's like no it's like i like like i like the movie okay Mm -hmm. but the story just doesn't doesn't work for me I guess. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, they don't call you no fun Duncan for nothing. Damn right. Uh, no, um, no, I'm, I pretty much agree with you, but uh, I think I liked it more than you did. Mm. Um, I think because I thought this the fun story was cool. I was like, yeah, I, it's like I buy it. I mm-hmm. can get down on that. Like, uh, so what's the, that? Uh, what's well, that one movie? Let's scare Jessica to death. Is that the same plot? Um. I, I've never seen that. I have no idea what that movie's about. I'm just going off of a title. I don't think so. That's another movie I'm like, that's another horror classic that people absolutely love. And I like yeah. was like pretty bored by, but I, okay. I, I would have to watch it again to see if it like reads differently now. But right. uh, I don't even remember what that movie's too much about. It's kind of a weird, it's another, but it's, I don't think they're trying to uh, make, cause anyone to have a heart attack. Hey, sure. you want to hear a grim thing? Uh, so Vera Clouseau, uh, the actress, she actually died of a heart attack at 46. Ooh, shit. Yeah. Did she get scared? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty, yeah, grim as you put it. Yeah, it's a thing I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that is grim. Uh, well, that sucks. Yeah. That, uh, that happened a long time ago. She'd be dead yeah. by now. But at the time, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. really? Because 46, that's not that old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that old. Um, but, uh, <laughs> do you have, do you have any uh, notes or thoughts you want to share about this movie? I think I pretty much covered all. Like, I think it looks really good. There's some really cool sequences with scenes, like when she's looking out the window, and then he's like crossing rooms, and the lights are going on, like room to window to window. I thought that looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all the other characters fucking suck. Uh, like they're not likable at all. Um, where it, whereas in the next movie, none of those characters are likable either, but somehow but. you still root for them. Okay. Um, and I, but oh. I did, she, I think, I feel like she's the only likable character in this movie, but at the same time, I absolutely hated her because she was so like anxious and like, yeah, it's like, lady, just chill out. You're going to be fine. But, but she has to like, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And it's but like, that's it, like, it, that's all goes to kind of. Yeah. yeah. It, and, it just, it drove me crazy because I was like, just relax. You're fine. And, uh, 
uh, the last thing I'll say, which I thought was amazing, is uh, when they get that kid to jump in the pool. Oh, he's yeah. like, I'm a champion skin diver. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so, that stink-ass pool. <laughs> I, I just like that he called it himself a skin diver. I don't, <laughs> I've never heard that before, so it made me laugh. Ah. But yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, I uh, for the for for our art, our art, our art of podcasting, of doing movie podcasting, I took a bullet and I watched the 1996 remake of Diabolique, um, oh, no. starring uh, Isabella Johnny and Sharon Stone and Chaz Palminteri. Um, Good lord! And this movie is the fucking shit. <laughs> Man, Aww. this movie will grow your appreciation for Le Diabolique by leaps and bounds. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch it all, but um, boy, like mm-hmm. every like thing that you can think of as far as like bad American filmmaking and like like clunky '90s thrillers uh, at that time, it's all mm-hmm. there. It's all packed in. Like I don't even know what the fuck. Like who wrote this piece of shit offhand? I remember looking it up and being like, "Oh yeah, they're garbage." And like the director, he's like, he's like, greatest achievement was uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I really wouldn't really get that guy to direct my like thriller at all. But mm-hmm. so this movie, just like I don't know, the, the script's awful. Like it's all like just groaners and like things that people would never say in real life. And Sharon Stone, like she's an actress that like you really need to like i don't know she gets brought down real quick by bad writing because she's Mm -hmm. not she's not that great of an actress but when she's given good material she's really good but boy not not here Uh um isabella johnny uh they give her quite the hideous haircut um that's just like distractingly Mm -hmm. bad uh chaz palimentary uh i don't know like see okay i kind of went into this remake kind of thinking you know maybe i'll like this remake more than the uh 1955 version maybe like more contemporary filmmaking will like kind of conceal the like kind of silly story and like it'll be a little bit more intense um but no this this it's just so crap there's like a film crew in this movie because they're shooting a commercial for the school. Um, one of the character, one of the, the film documentary guys is played by Donald Logue. Um, and who I like, um, but in this, like, it's like his, like everyone has, no one has anything to do in this. Um, the great monologuist, uh, Spalding gray, he's in this. And I was like, it kind of excited. I was like, Oh cool. And then he shows up and he's got the most laughable, like hairpiece I've ever seen in a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's just comical all the time. It's, It's like, like almost like camp, but it's not. Um, right. Who else is in this thing? Off the top, of- oh, Kathy Bates. So Kathy Bates is in it. She plays the detective. So, and <laughs> fun reversal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, the movies are there to like say, oh, sometimes uh, homicide is justified. Sometimes it's all right to kill your husband. Um, yeah, that, well, I can get down on that, but yeah. So, oh man, the movie's just junk, man. Uh, oh yeah, so because you know, in so in the original movie, there's like the the uh, the old couple that like are in the room next door while they're killing the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, of course, since it's American, they're like yokel, fathead American people. Um, and they're just like fat faced, and uh, they're, they're, it's Sweet. just it's just like all obvious, like all like the things you could think of as like as far as like Hollywood cliches of like, oh, here's middle American, aren't they disgusting people? Um, and of course, they completely ruin the drugging scene. Uh, instead of like the thing of her like 
kind of changing her mind and hitting the drink out of his hand and then you get the turn and then her change no you just get like he gets like escalatingly violent and you get a whole intense scene of him like trying to kill her um for no reason yeah and just like yeah so the the wife character she just like is so much more less sympathetic somehow (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah she's just awful she just seems like a piece of crap person that uh you're not into her plight at all um i don't know I was going to say, I looked up this remake, and uh, there was two other actors that uh, popped out to my eye. Mm -hmm. There's one guy named Bingo O'Malley, which I think might be the coolest name of all time. Okay. And uh, apparently, uh, J.J. Abrams is an actor in this movie. Oh, yeah, that would be, because he's one of the, he's him and Donald Loger, the documentarians. That's why Uh, he looked familiar. I didn't even think of looking up who it was, but it's like, that guy looks kind of weirdly, distinctly Jewish. Uh, Oh, Jared. (laughs) And I was like, who is is this actor? And then it's like, oh, J.J. Abrams, I know exactly who you're talking about now. That's why I feel like I've seen him before, but like nothing like, he's not like he's like a regular actor in anything. No. So uh, I pulled up the page to look at that movie, and then those two names stuck out to me. I was like, J.J. Abrams was an actor once, and then one some guy is named Bingo O'Malley? No. Crazy. Pretty impressive. So, um, well, I'm not going to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, no no one should watch this movie. Um, mm-hmm. It sucks. <laughs> okay. Well, um, well, I'm glad you took the bullet for us. You're welcome. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it for uh, Diabolique. Uh, after the break, we are going to wage some fear into you in the year 1953. Gross. It's going to jump on you, baby, and it's going to stay in your dress. simple goutte de ce liquide quatre hommes vont jouer leur vie au volant de ces camions ils atteindront les limites du danger du courage et de la peur Mario chaud Monsieur Jo. Et si les flics veulent me mettre ça sur le dos, they will not have a chance. In the baba. Luigi. Champagne. Spookmante. Bimba. Si je dois faire un macabé, autant que ce soit un macabé. Présentable. Igualito. Verdad que se parece? 
une ville d'Amérique du Sud écrasée par le soleil. We're back, and we're talking about Henry Georges Clouseau's *The Wages of Fear* from 1953. Um, I'll start by just mentioning. So, in the uh, Terence Rafferty essay for *Diabolique*, he wrote uh, André Bazin, the great critic of *Cahiers du Cinéma*, acclaimed it as Clouseau's most perfect film, though he considered a, it a minor achievement compared with the director's previous picture, *The Wages of Fear* from 1953. And I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie rj is a film Mm -hmm. um to summarize it kind of succinctly two french expats uh, a guy named mario and a guy named joe uh played by yves montan and charles vanel uh find themselves in a fictional south american village called los pedras where nothing is happening and it costs too much money to leave once you get there um it, the movie starts off with something right out of the Wild Bunch, which I'm sure Sam Peckinpah lifted right from, with just like mm-hmm. uh, some South American kid playing in a mud hole, basically. Um, then we get pan back to this like you know real, uh, I don't know, shithole in the middle of the desert, uh, and there's just a bunch of white guys from Europe, and they're all just bored, throwing rocks at dogs, and mm-hmm. uh, waiting for something to happen. Uh, the basis of this community, which has a airport, is there is a nearby, relatively nearby, um, uh, oil field, oil company that runs out of there. The was it the Southern Oil Company? Um, yeah, it was like South Oil Company, yeah. or and something. which is like kind of the American presence uh, down in this mm-hmm. part of the world. Uh, and all these guys, they they, they can't get on because they need union cards. Um, and once you get there, there's no work, so you're just kind of left there to kind of drink uh, away your days until opportunity rings, um, which apparently people think comes in the form of Joe. Um, the before mentioned Joe, who arrives mm-hmm. for some reason uh, into this small community. Um, he seems to be running some schemes, and so people kind of start hanging out with him, particularly Mario, cause recognizing him as a fellow Frenchman. Um, mm-hmm. And you get kind of introduced to the whole uh, kind of uh, ecosystem of this uh uh, Las Pedras, uh, you get to meet uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mario's girl, uh, who he refers to as a savage, <laughs> played by uh, yeah. Vera Clouseau, a uh, very foxy lady. 
um, who's like willing to do anything for him, even though he treats mm-hmm. her like garbage. Uh, we get to meet some other fellow uh, expats, uh, one fellow by the name of Bimba, uh, an Aryan looking fellow uh, who apparently is a survivor of Nazi atrocities uh, now living mm-hmm. out in the middle of the desert. There's Luigi. I will let you guess what country he's from. He, he's a jovial man. Um, Canada? Uh, and I guess like his his whole gimmick is that he's like a cement worker, but the work is in and out. And again, like a lot of other guys, there's the before mentioned German man throwing rocks at a dog. Yeah, there's just a bunch of different dudes all hanging out. Uh, it seems like it's terrible. But then RJ, a yeah. uh, explosion happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big fire going down in one of these oil plants. The oil company doesn't want to use its own guys to transport some nitroglycerin to blow up, blow up this uh, hole and seal up the fire. So they decide, hey, we're just going to pay a couple of these dudes 2000 bucks a piece to transport this nitroglycerin uh, across a very rocky, unstable surface um, that'll take, what is it, a day or two to get across? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what happens. So the movie uh, is one long extended sequence of uh, four guys in two trucks uh, transporting nitroglycerin uh, across a South American landscape, uh, across bad roads, uh, cliff faces, you name it. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the movie's super simple. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's... Not much more I'll say about it right now, but RJ, uh, this is another first-time view for you. What did you think of The Wages of Fear? Probably the worst movie we've watched so far. Oh. No, I just can't. That joke's still fresh, right? Yeah. Right? It's, it's, uh, pretty, it's pretty fresh. Uh, no, I thought this movie uh, was wicked good. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it... Uh, I didn't watch it right after I watched Diabolique, so I think I uh, I finally got figured out what my problem was with our double headers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this I thought this was really good. Uh, it is uh, action packed, not with action, but tension and suspense. Uh, you were at the edge of your seat watching these guys drive fucking trucks. Um, I love the way the world is built with all these like really depressing fucking guys and just kind of the themes that they kind of touch on and stuff like what you were talking about with uh working and countries and dudes and life and stuff like that um no yeah this movie's super good it looks great uh the story is super tight I think is what the kids would say. Mm-hmm. Um, In media res, tight. <laughs> tight. Yeah. Uh, as you said, it's just uh, four guys driving trucks, but it actually is like uh, super suspenseful because they do all these like menial things, but they build it up in such a way where it's like, yeah, it's like you do this one thing wrong. It's like you turn the truck a little bit wrong and you're fucking dead. Yeah. Everybody in the movie like sells the danger of yeah. this. Like it's set up so it's super like super well. Um mm-hmm. like I don't want to say like the, the the bit where like the what's the O'Brien when he sort of this is nitroglycerin and he drops the drop and then like you get the off camera like cartoonish explosion and everybody reacts. Yeah. It's kind of like oh that's a little little too much, mm-hmm. but I mean it's fine. It's 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 a yeah. it's a minor nitpick I think of like this whole movie for me is that one bit, but everything else, mm-hmm. man, I love this movie. It's so good. Yeah, 
it is uh it's it's super good um all the characters as i touched on before they are none of them are likable i don't think at all but uh you still root for them yeah, actually i, I mean, will say uh luigi i liked yeah no like there's um, like I mean, i'd say that like uh bimba is like pretty likable too yeah okay yeah, yeah. bimba and luigi are likable right. which i think is a uh, it's really good it's like a bait and switch you think mario and joe are like the characters mm-hmm. but then uh when you first get introduced to like luigi and then uh joe is just like a total fucking oh, prick man, i was just like so i watched good. that and i was just like man i was like these guys are being pricks to luigi for nothing mm-hmm. all he wanted to do was dance and like hang out with his buddies they he took, wasn't being an asshole yeah they took his pants they took his pants uh they poured champagne on his face and they tried oh. to make him look like a chump in front of everyone yeah so at, at that moment i was like what a bunch of pricks and then i was happy to see uh Joe really, Joe really gets shit on for the rest of the movie. Oh which, yeah, uh, I, well, I was delighted to see. Oh yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe just like yeah, it's it's his is like yeah, he starts at the top and then it's yeah. just all going downhill for him because you find out oh he doesn't have as much money as people think and oh now he's kind of like stuck here too and oh he's like yeah. he's actually kind of like has no spine. He's pathetic. But he's a great character. Oh man. Yeah, like, yeah. No, he yeah. he's great. All the characters are great, and that's what I mean. Like. They're, they don't, like, at, when you first introduced to a lot of these characters, they don't really have likable qualities. Like, like Joe and Mario, they come off like assholes. But at the same time, when they're driving the truck, you're rooting for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. and then, like what you said, Bimba and Luigi, um, they don't come off that bad. They, they seem like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good dudes most of the time. Yeah. Um, I like what they talk about in these movies or like they're driving and Bimba's talking about like looking good for death. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a real man thing to say before dying, <laughs> before dying. It's like, yeah, uh, stuff like that is uh, super cool. Um, I have like I have a little bit of notes and then there was a part where I think about 40 minutes in because this movie's like, what, 210 or 220? Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's like over it's two and a half close to. Uh, yeah, it's actually yeah. is two and a half. Yeah. So I was only about a quarter of the way in and I took a bunch of notes and then I just stopped completely because mm-hmm. I was like so into the in, movie. In, invested itself. in it, yeah. Yeah, I was so invested that uh, it just had it grabbed my intent uh my attention completely and I was like, All right, I was like I don't gotta take notes anymore. <laughs> I was like, I'll remember I'll remember the good stuff now because I actually really like it. Right. So um, you want to hear about my notes? Yeah, hit me with those notes. As uh, as people know, my patented observations of things in films. These are my notes. Uh, I started off with a fucking prick throw uh, with that dog because mm-hmm. that German dude's just throwing rocks at that dog for nothing, and you're just like, what a prick. Yeah, and it, it really sets a tone. You're like, these it, guys are assholes. Yeah, every well, this is like a hostile, horrible world because there's also the scene with the tarantula. Oh, uh, yeah, you, I wrote that down as spider stomping yeah. um, because uh, people will be like, oh, RJ must hate that scene. But you know what? I hate spiders. <laughs> so, e- even more than animal cruelty, I hate spiders. So oh, I was like, yeah, so I was like, spiders, stomp that so, spider. So spiders and tarantulas, they're free game. Stomp free, away. Free game. Uh, free, total game, free game, man. I, I have this movie called Kingdom of the Spiders that will be right up your alley then. Or are they just driving over? Oh, they kill so many spiders in that movie. It's it's ridiculous. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was happy to see this spider stomping because <laughs> I uh, I hate I hate them spiders and snakes and uh, you know your creepy crawlies. That's who needs them. That's fitting. Yeah, your creepy crawlies, just like the guys in these movies. And, oh and, shit! And doing this show. 
and doing this show exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next note was a uh, donkey traffic jam. Uh, oh, I think man. that that scene that. is fucking hilarious. That scene is gold. And the guy's like, "What's the holdup?" And he's like, "Traffic jam." And you look, Cut. it's just a donkey. Yeah, he's like, a donkey. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I'll jump in here with my one note. Uh, yeah. uh, there's, I think I wrote nothing more banana republic than a customs officer with his bare feet on the table, scratching his exposed open shirt lazily. So yeah. like, yeah, when Joe lands and there's like this, like the customs officer guy, and he just, he is so corrupt and like everything he does is like, yep, that is the exact image of like flying into a place that you don't want to be. It's like, yeah, that's the guy he'll you take, you pay him enough yep. money. He'll just grin, smile, scratch himself and go stamp. Oh, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, that scene was awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my next notes was goddamn, that's a lot of sugar for that little cup. Uh, Vera Clouseau, uh, when Joe comes and everyone thinks he's hot shit, he mm-hmm. has like a little uh, espresso cup and she puts like nine tablespoons of sugar in it, like more than that cup could hold. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fucking crazy. Uh, my next uh, observation was uh, the first moment you find out Joe is maybe not likable is uh, when he turns off the radio and he mm-hmm. says to quote, I don't like music. And it's just, I, I thought that was such a weird thing. I was like, what do you mean you don't like music? What are you, a weirdo? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was weird. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a cool tracking shot in this movie when Luigi comes up. Yep. And there's guys outside the bar, and they're like, Luigi's coming. He's like, I'll go tell him. And then the guy, the, the camera falls. The guy walk into the bar, and then it kind of goes around the tables and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty sweet for uh, 50, what was it, 53? Yeah. 53. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Um, you get uh, in the scene where... Joe is a total prick to Luigi. You get some classic stuff. Uh, you get a fist into an open palm, the universal gesture for I'm going to beat some kids up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a table flip and then uh, like you get it. You get it all, man. Uh, so that fight scene is super cool. Um, and then, uh, oh, yeah. One other thing I noticed is this like movie goes back and forth with like film stock eh? or like different like frames or something. When I was watching it, it seemed like it was at one moment it was like in a certain film and a like widescreen, and then it cuts and it looks like it's grainier, like it was done on like a different kind of film oh, or something. Okay, is that for like I haven't handheld ta- uh, or something like that? Well, I haven't. I don't know. I don't, I didn't notice that too much when I was watching it, but I there is something yeah. I haven't brought up yet. So um, when this film came out. Uh, and when it was uh, released into America, uh, it was edited uh, because it was believed that this film packed an anti-American sentiment uh, as it denounced, oh. as it quote, denounced American business interests for exploiting workers in Latin America. So about mm. there's like 20 minutes of the first 45 minutes of this movie that were cut. Yeah. Um, so like for like, and it wasn't like restored to like 1991. So it's possible that the stuff that you're mentioning is stuff that was like this was the best available stuff that was that like got, it got lost and then this was mm-hmm. like from another print and they, they so they, they might have had the negative but then those scenes were cut out of that and they were trying to c- combobulate it or right. you, or it could because it was like a cheap or a relatively cheaper production maybe they did like, yep. ch- like go through different film stocks mm-hmm. it could be one or the other because I honestly didn't notice that too much it, it only happens like twice and it's not for very long but it, long enough for me to notice I don't know okay maybe a, a keen listener out there might watch the movie and they can let us know if I'm, if it did happen or if I'm having a stroke. Um, and then next, uh, 
so this was like that's where I stopped taking notes was in that fight scene and I didn't take another note until almost at the end when uh the first explode or the explosion reveal I think is done so um like uh when like you're in the other truck and stuff is going on and then like the wind blows and they look up and there's like flashes oh. fuck man I thought that was so good yeah that that um, scene is uh Excellent. Yeah, I know that's that like seems awesome. Well, because like, and I mean, I knew that was coming because like I, yeah. I've, I've seen the movie before. Um, yeah, and like I was like, oh, because it's like after that he's shaving and he wants to look yeah. good in death, and I was like, oh man, and just, cause I'm like, it just kind of happens offhand, and then they're just driving, then you can see the flash, and then that's yeah. it, and then the smoke, and it's like, oh, they're gone. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's it's done it's done so well, and then even when the. Uh, when Joe and Mario come up and Joe's like, what, I wonder what happened. He's like, how the fuck should we know? He's like, they blew up. It's like, that's it. That's it. They're Uh, gone. Yeah. And then all the mud stuff is awesome. Uh, I won't spoil that, I guess, but I thought that was so fucking satisfying with Joe in the mud. Oh, Um, the oil or or crude or the, yeah, the, like the crude. And then uh, also alternatively, later when there's guys in that and they're coming back and then there's all those dudes in their underpants in the crude i thought that was really fun too uh and then i only have one last thing to say and uh i I can either go into detail or let you get into it but uh the very end Mm -hmm. i equally love and absolutely hate yeah that's a club that's that's there's a there's a club for that so do you want me to explain my uh, go for it okay Okay, so if anyone is like at this point weary of spoilers, just skip ahead three minutes. Oh man, like because I'm gonna we we've already spoiled people dying and stuff like yeah. that. So what's another? What's what the okay. ending is in the ending. So okay, so here it comes the ending. The last guy alive, Mario, is driving the truck, and he's driving it very carefree all over. He's he's wheeling it back and forth because he's <laughs> like because he just drove two for two days straight, like on edge, which I thought was like I was like okay. He's going to go over the edge. And mm-hmm. I like that because he's being a fucking idiot. And it's like, of course he would go over the edge. That's how I would end the movie. So I actually like that. But what I fucking hate is how over the top they do it. Because he's driving over like all, all over the lanes for like 20 kilometers. Yeah, It's so <laughs> fucking long. He does it for so long. It's like, it's like you fucking asshole. It's no. like, of course you're going to well, fall off the edge. Like, I think that's Clouseau being like, giving the gears to the audience like oh my yeah. god no come on joe quit mario mario come on don't don't yeah. do don't be stupid stop driving like an asshole just oh fuck. oh god yeah. he's going off the edge oh fuck oh my <laughs> god that car holy shit that truck's going down that cliff face it looks so good that that truck, yeah oh so um i i do really like that he the truck goes over and he dies and i do like that it's because he was being an asshole mm-hmm. but i hate how much it's built up because it's so over the top i was like it's like you piece of shit it's like i hope you fucking explode um so <laughs> that that is how i would have ended it but i probably wouldn't have had that sequence go for so long so okay. i equally love and absolutely hate it because i just yeah. hate i hate mario one of the like, so. common things I've been seeing on Letterboxd is that, like, people – okay, this is, like, two things. There's people who hate the ending. They just hate it. They hate it, and they, yeah. they, they always want to mention, I love this movie, but the ending sucks. Um, but the other yeah. thing that I noticed, and you kind of mentioned it uh, when we were talking about Diabolique, but that, um, like, the, the people say, oh, the first 45 minutes, bleh. 
And I like, I don't get that at all. Cause you kind of said like the first 30 minutes, you were like, what is this movie about? Like, and you were, yeah. Like, yeah. But like, not that it, not in a bad way. I was just okay. like, it was for both movies. The first half hour, I was like, what are these about? Right. Right. Uh, so, so, okay, so in wages so of fear, I mean, um, like, I don't know, like I really like this movie a great deal and I mm-hmm. love the whole opening stuff. I was even like reading like Roger Ebert's review for this movie that he wrote like in 92 when it was like kind of making the circulation again. And he kind of mentions how people like were comparing like what they had cut out for the anti-American sentiment stuff. And he just made mm-hmm. some comments like, well, yeah, the movie's called kind of an aimless ennui. And I'm like, what? It's like, no, oh, it's like, it's, called, it's like character building. It's like, it sets up mm-hmm. this world. Like it's like a real environment. Um, like, cause the movie fits into sort of this like weird sub genre that I'm trying to figure out what it is. Cause it's like movies like treasure of the Sierra mm-hmm. Madre. Um, there's the other, uh, criterion film with Cary Grant, only angels have wings. Um, like it's the same right. sort of thing where it's like these kind of like nameless, like South American, Central American places. And mm-hmm. it's just like men on the fringes doing man work and like their, their lives are at risk. It's not a place for women. Um, and like, and just guys die and everyone kind of just like, Oh, well, that's what happens out here. Uh, like, so mm-hmm. there's, and these are all from the same era, like all within the same like decade of one another. Um, and it's like, these are all really good movies or I just like, or I feel like these are movies that really speak to me for no particular reason. I mean, I don't have a particularly dangerous job at all other than my, uh, drive to work with other maniacs on a regular road. Um, which is like, you're always Mm -hmm. taking your uh, hands into your own life when you're jumping in a vehicle, I guess. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, I like the first 45 minutes of this movie, I think are like great. Like they're, I don't know. I've seen lots of other movies that people have no problems with, but that I find like super navel gazing and kind of like not interesting. Like the characters mm-hmm. are dull. There's nothing happening Where this movie. I don't know. Everything like Clouseau is firing on all cylinders. All the characters are like, uh, necessary. All the speeds are there. Uh, yep. it keeps moving the whole time. It's like, I could spend a whole movie just like hanging out in this town to a certain degree. Um, but right. then it turns into another movie and then it's like, and that other movie is like super great and does better. What, uh, like very few people making similar types of stories ever pull off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel you dog dog <laughs> yeah dog no yeah I, I feel you man like i i think it's really well done for everything that it is and uh no yeah the intro is just i just didn't know where it was going but right. not in a bad way i was like i yeah. don't know what this movie's about yeah because i as you know i don't read into what movies are about i just jump into them so yeah. uh especially with like diabolique or coming off of that mm-hmm. whereas like wasn't until the two ladies get to the hotel and then you like start to learn their plans. And it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I know what this movie is about. Right. But the entire time before I was like, I was like, is this movie just about shitty boarding school? Like, what is this? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, but yeah, wages of fear is a uh, super dope. Mm-hmm. I also like, uh, when, um, when Joe is going down and, uh, he's talking about like looking onto the other side and he's yeah. like, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing there. Yes. And you're just like, yeah. Yes. You're like, you tell him, Joe. No, that's dark there, shit. There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nothing. Oh, yes. Thank and you're you. like, that's dark shit, Joe. And mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. It speaks yeah. to my existential hurt. Yeah. Are you going to mention the uh, Mario and Luigi connection at all? or? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Well, the and, fact that Lu- Luigi looks like Mario, it's like a fat Italian guy with a mustache <laughs> and like a, uh, even one of those hats. 
Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Those hats. It's crazy. Yeah. And Mario looks like Luigi. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Eve's needed a mustache. So yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I'll mention. So Yves Montan, he was he's like a singer. He was like a lounge singer type of dude, and like he started Ooh, making movies. And he started making movies, and uh, this was like his first real big movie that like really put him on the map. Mm. Uh, there's that this one sweet uh, French poster for the movie that's just like his head, and uh, it's just so heroic and use Montan and whatever wage of fear is in French. Um, so um, one thing that I feel like I fucked up on uh, was. Mm. I thought there was only one remake of this movie, essentially, because I think everybody knows about William Freakin' Sorcerer from 1977. Uh, that was kind of like neglected for many years. It only like existed on VHS, and then finally it came out on Blu-ray a couple, like three years ago or something like that. Um, and it seemed to like rock some people's socks, and other people were kind of like, meh, not not into it. Uh, the movie's really good. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a, it's not Wages of Fear good. It's like not. It's like it's definitely like top five William Freakin because he's one of those guys who's mm-hmm. made like five really great movies and it's definitely up there but I did not know and I would have watched it uh, if I had known it existed was that there was actually an American 1958 remake which is actually more of like a remake of the movie whereas Sorcerer Freakin actually says it's a it's just another rendition of the book because there's right. the, it's based on a book as well uh, with, with a really cool cover uh, but the American film is called Violent Road and I, cool. and I feel doubly stupid because it's also like kind of classified as a noir movie. Um, oh, I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, as if. I'm like, I had no idea. No one talks about this thing. I think on Letterboxd, yeah. it only has like 19 people who have watched it. And, uh, you motherfucker. So uh, I'm in the process of acquiring a copy. So uh, I should be able to talk about that next week when well, it doesn't matter anymore. Late. Exactly. It's too late now. Well, it's only one movie next week. So that's. We might as well end the show. <laughs> We can't, um, we can't do that. Well, with a, the lack of professionalism from you, I, I don't know. know if we can continue. I know. I watched Diabolique for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, last week when you were when you were like, we're going to watch that Sorcerer movie next week, I had no idea what you're talking about. And then uh, because I don't look into what movies are about, mm-hmm. I had no idea Sorcerer was a remake of This Wages of Fear – all I knew was that William Freakin made a movie called Sorcerer, and I thought that sounded rad as fuck. A movie about so, a, w- a sorcerer? Yeah. So my question to you is, why the fuck is that movie called Sorcerer if it's uh, a remake of this? Spoilers. It's One of the trucks is called Sorcerer. Oh, that's bullshit. But, and you don't who, call a oh. movie Sorcerer unless you got fucking magic and wizards and oh, shit. Yeah, I know. And it, was, it came out in 1977, the same year as Star Wars. And it's like, oh, this is a fantasy movie, right? Nope. It's about guys moving nitroglycerin in trucks. Uh, that movie's really pretty awesome, though. You'll probably like that, too. Well, I'm sure I will. I'm glad. I'm sure I will. I'm glad I didn't watch it before, though, because I had no idea it was a remake. I, I literally thought it was a fucking movie about magic and shit. No. <laughs> So you should, you should uh damn you should you should uh draw a comic about uh about what you think the movie William Freaking Sorcerer <laughs> was. <laughs> okay, yeah, fuck, I I think I could have an ongoing series at DC Comics. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh monthly. Um, it would be all the mo- what I think movies are based on their titles alone, right? Uh, with no prior knowledge, but Sorcerer will be my big my big draw. That's what will bring people in. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was all like fucking uh, big bearded wizards and crystal balls and shit. So I'm pretty disappointed to find out that's not the case. No, nope. it's just Wages of Fear again. Well, 
whatever then. Um, I guess like the one thing with that movie, like with Sorcerer, it's like the, the one thing I think people complain about is like it kind of has the unnecessary thing where like it thinks you have to give a backstory to all the characters driving trucks. Uh, no, um, you don't. So, so before you, they get to the the shithole, um, they 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 this is how they got there. Like this is what this is what this is what they did in the outside world that brought them to this place. It's Roy, like, Schne- Roy Schneider's family was eaten by sharks, so he moved to fucking South America to drive trucks. Uh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Um, so well, another thing I'll tie back into in this old criterion creep. So this is from one of the essays. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember which one it is, but, uh, so, uh, again, our old boy, Andre Brazin, uh, I like to drop him because of 400 blows. Mm-hmm. Um, so his youthful colleagues at Cahir du Cinema, who included Francois Truffaut, Jean-Luc Godard, Claude Chabrol, and Jacques Rivette wrote furious mm-hmm. diatribes against successful older directors like Clouseau, whom the young Turk saw as cautious, conventional, as obstacles to the development of a vital French cinema. The Cahir du Cinema critics had a sneering name for the older generation, the, the tradition of quality. <laughs> Ooh. So, uh, I don't How know. saucy. Yeah, I know. They're, they're, those uh, French New Wave dudes, they were saucy. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like, kind of, so I mean, I guess at some point they kind of poo-pooed uh, these uh, French films by Clouseau because he was kind of like, well, he's just making these French movies for ticket sales. He's not doing it for the art, which I think in hindsight, I think they'd be like, yeah, no, we're full of shit. These movies are just mm-hmm. are just as great, if not, you know, better than some of the movies that we've made with our yeah. sticking to our uh, philosophy of filmmaking. That is, yeah. Yeah. D- dumb idiots. Dumb dumbos. <laughs> dumb idiots. Yeah. So that brings us to uh, the final portion of our Criterion Creeps reviews of who hates these movies. Um, James gave Diabolique two stars. Maybe I missed something. I can see how this would be fresh and innovative back in 1955, but I found it to be dull, predictable, and severely lacking in suspense, thrills, chills, etc. Some good things. Whoa. Really good setup. It was cool to see where the house on Sorority Road drew its inspiration from. The acting was really good. The black and white photography was great. And the opening theme was very chilling. Maybe it's just because I've read too many Tales from the Crypt comics with this almost exact plot. But I totally knew exactly what was going on when a detail about the wife was revealed. Granted, the very end of it has a neat twist I didn't expect and enjoyed quite a bit. Other than that, this thing is drastically too long at two hours, especially since it seemed like they only attempted to build suspense in the last 10 minutes. If it was 90 minutes, I probably would have been a bit more forgiving, but this was a definite letdown. The house on Sorority Road did it better. I find it I find it really weird that he says he knew, he totally knew where it was going, but then he was surprised by a twist. Like, he was like, I totally knew the wife was in on it, but I was surprised by the twist. It's like, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, I mean, I, we didn't really talk about it when we were talking about Diabolique, but, like, the, the bathtub scene is really good. Like, Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, like, that's, like, why. That's, like, probably the... I don't know. I, one of the my the one screen cap I posted on Instagram of like, uh, like I, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to sleep. Yeah. Like, like he's like. I mean, I was kind of criticizing like the, his performance, but I guess like he's got a pretty good physical presence in the movie where he pulls off some of that stuff. Like the bathtub yeah. scene where he gets like lifts himself up and he pops out like his mm-hmm. like his weird plastic contacts. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really great moment but like surprisingly actually not a lot of people hate diabolique or didn't really have anything much to say strongly other uh, than you 
other than me. And like, I mean, I kind of agree with it, but I mean, I still like it. I mean, I think, it's, I, I mean, yeah. I think it's like good, but I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like super, I'm not in love with the movie or anything like that. Um, but boy, oh. I, I uh, definitely have a, a greater appreciation of it. having watched that remake. Um, nice. so, uh, what does Sebastian Butt have to say about <laughs> Wages of Fear? See, Classic. You've won you over. Two stars <laughs> for Wages of Fear. There is the shell of a fascinating narrative here that takes very deep digs Aww. at colonialism and big international oil industry, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's been hollowed out by time. The thrills are dated, and the sociology is caveman stuff. Still, it does manage some subtle digs, like when the oil company boss tells all the white workers to get away from the trucks and has only black workers bring in nitroglycerin canisters after saying something like, don't want any unnecessary risks. That was pretty damning. But it comes after one of the characters refers to Vera Clouseau's character as half-savage. I also sort of hate the ending. It's so bizarrely melodramatic and feels disconnected from the rest of the narrative. I would have preferred to end on the shot of Mario sleeping in front of the roaring oil field fire. Okay, I gotta say, I think all this colonialism, anti-American stuff, I think that's all bullshit. I never thought that at all watching this movie. Like, maybe that is there, Mm -hmm. but to me... I just thought it was a cool fucking suspense movie with these dudes driving trucks. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that, like, I I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I've I've watched enough movies. I haven't read any books. I mean, I don't read, but uh, yeah. I, I've read a lot of yeah. books about, like, the, like, like, like movies about Central America and South America and, mm-hmm. like, the um, American history with those countries, particularly, yeah. like, corporations. And it's shitty and crappy. So in this movie, though, I feel that, like, anything that, like, hits upon that, like, with the SOC, uh, which yeah. I think actually is, like, a pretty awesome logo and it would make a great mm-hmm. T-shirt. Uh, I, like, I th- it's fairly broad that, like, I don't find it, like, particularly damning and it's like, oh, yeah. shit, man. They just opened it. I'm woke now. Um, yeah, like, exactly. I, I, it doesn't feel like that sort of, like, I don't think that's the intent of the movie at the end of the day. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. there. It's there. But, like, to be upset by it, it's just, like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess, like, in the 50s, people would be real butthurt about this shit because it's like, yeah. how dare you say anything critical about America and our great liberal yeah. democracy? It's like... Sure, like I think like the Time magazine referred to it as like an evil film, which is like uh, fucking whatever. stupid. Like, it's just like yeah, people were really dumb back then, and I think they're getting dumb again, RJ. Um, oh yeah, it's happening. It's happening. But yeah, I have no doubt that's a theme there. But like my my point, I guess, was like that was never an issue for me. I thought I just enjoyed watching the movie. Like yeah. So, uh, well, that's, I'm, I'm sure that's what a lot of people's criticisms are. I bet if you read any more, it'll either be this colonialism shit or the, uh, the ending, which is like, whatever. Like, well, I got one. more. I, I don't know how you could end it any other way. I, well, yeah. I'll say that. I, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's a movie. It's like life is shit and then you die. Yeah. That's kind exactly. of, that's like, that's landing the ending. I mean, it's kind of like. I guess like people are kind of like, oh, I really wanted Mar or um, yeah, Mario to get back to Linda, and Linda was so and, Lin- and Linda was so excited that he was coming back with money, and like they were going to get out of there. He was going to take that that uh, train ticket back home, and everything's going to be great. Uh, but then you get robbed of that ending. You don't get the reunion, even though it's like he's kind of a dickhead. Well, I was gonna say, why would you even want that? He was a prick to her anyway, so mm-hmm. who cares? Like yeah. I, I honestly, it's like I said, I I equally love and hate the ending. I, li- I like it because I think that's how it should end. I just don't like how uh, – I think they oversold it. That's all. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Well, Simon Evans, he gave this two and a half stars. 
liked by many as their ultimate classic movie, <laughs> this earlier version comes a second best in nearly all departments in comparison to 1977's Sorcerer. The Witches of Fear does not give us the detail in the characters that Sorcerer gives us or the tension. The ending of Witches of Fear was, in my opinion, somewhat ridiculous. In this case, allowances cannot be made for the fact that it is the original and therefore the best, a classic to most, but simply not up to the amazing levels of the later version. And that's it. That's what they got to say. Fine. But. Yeah, I think those are those are real obvious things to pick at. Uh, yeah, Whatever. Like, this movie rules. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's up there. It's it's mm-hmm. top tier Criterion's. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I. That's exactly what I would expect from a Criterion movie. I'll say that. Damn. There you it's go. It's exactly what I would hope for. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, uh, that's it for our Clouseau. Uh, the next, we will be, we will see Clouseau again one day uh, with his film Le Corbeau, uh, a movie that uh, landed him in some trouble with some Nazis. Um, and maybe then, Shit. maybe I'll go into more depth about his uh, biography, his tuberculosis, uh, that, that fun stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But that'll be one day down the road. Uh, uh, well, stick with us. After the break, uh, we'll be driving very slowly down some shitty roads. And uh, hopefully I don't back my truck tires up over RJ's legs and kill him. I'd like to see you try, you motherfucker. Well, I pulled out of Pittsburgh, rolling down that eastern seaboard. Diesel wound up and she's a running like I never before. There's a speed zone ahead with all right. I don't see a cop in sight. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. I got me ten forward gears on a Georgia overdrive. I'm taking little white pills in my eyes, I open wide. I just passed a Jimmy in a white. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight But it seems like a month since I kissed my baby goodbye I could have a lot of women but I'm not a lack of some So RJ, what would you do with $2,000? Fuck, I'd move to uh, the trailer park in Sunnyvale over in Nova Scotia and I'd retire Sounds like a plan Smoke that hash, that weed yeah. Get a cock of pepperoni, some chicken chips. Man, you could live happily on two grand over there. Was it jalapeno chips? <laughs> jalapeno and uh, zesty mordant. There you go. <laughs> yep. Hey, mm-hmm. if, hey there, folks. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. We're very mm-hmm. lonely. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud 2, Stitcher, iTunes. Rate, subscribe, review. Uh, all that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. next week, RJ, spine yes. number 37. We're getting a What's taste that? of Terry Gilliam with mm-hmm. Time Bandits. I've seen that movie. And hear me out. We got Time and Bandits coming our way. And I just saw this huh. movie too, actually not that long ago. And I huh. remember it being pretty good. I don't know about that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well... Hmm. Good night, folks. I guess. Yeah. Good night. Fine. Whoa. <laughs> There's nothing there, man. Nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs>